Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I'm here today with my co-host, JC. Hey there. JC is cracking us up behind the scenes in between uh, episodes here. We are here today continuing our conversation on mental health, a.k.a. mental wealth, in the workplace with Lauren Pauly. Hey, Lauren, thanks for coming back. Yeah, happy to be here. Hey, talk to us about, first of all, what this even means and then harnessing the strengths of it. So what is neuroemotional diversity and how or why should everybody know what this means? So neurodiversity is a word that is growing in awareness. It is a way to describe people who think differently. Their brains tick a bit different. So in the classical sense, autism, ADHD, alexia, dyslexia, they fall into that boat where their brain patterns are a bit different than quote unquote typical brains. Um, I've, co- I've coined the term neuroemotional divergence because the emotional part for me fits right in. People who feel differently. Those are the people who have your mental health conditions, depression, anxiety, personality disorders, which are growing, growing, growing in numbers. But when you bring them all back to the core, they just think and feel a little bit outside the box of your typical person. And in my viewpoint and what I've noticed, not just with myself, but all my clients as well, is when you can lean into your difference, that's where the brilliant edge that you can create a life that actually works for you, but also works for the corporation as well is. So for me, it's harnessing the strength of that population is a huge game changer that's going to grow in popularity because more and more people are getting diagnosed. Let me ask you this. Uh, a few things. First of all, I love the way you just summed that up. I, more and more people are getting diagnosed. Does that mean that people just weren't properly diagnosed in the past or do we have more issues or both? I think it's a combination. Now, working in a hospital, I see that there's way more people getting referred for it, but also people who are self-diagnosing as well and are seeking out a formal diagnosis. And I think it's because there's positive depictions. There's characters on TV and movies now who have autism. Uh, so I feel like it's more in the public eye. People are getting more aware of it. If you Google it, there's tons of different articles. So people are becoming more aware. So I think they're either getting a formal diagnosis or they're starting to self-diagnose. But regardless, both of those populations are going to HR or going into corporations to their bosses and saying, I have these differences and I need to be accommodated. So it's interesting to me to look at how do you approach that conversation about what accommodations are okay or not okay. And also looking at the positive side of how do you pull the strengths of these individuals out so that you, they can actually apply them into their job. Yeah, absolutely. The word that you mentioned was accommodations. And I just want to make sure before JC gives us some more information here, everybody who's listening knows that this may or may not be protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And mm-hmm. so that's a whole other conversation that we're, we can have another time. But please, um, 
know that you just you need to be consistent in how you're providing accommodation. So if you're saying for two, three people over here, yeah, 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 we'll take your word for it, we'll accommodate you. But then you're saying for this person over here, nope, we need a doctor's note, you're going to get yourself in hot water. So again, whole other conversation, but I just wanted to remind you that we have these things called laws and consistency is key when comply, you know, uh, complying with those laws. With that said, I think JC had something he wanted to share. Neural minority people such as those with Asperger's, ADHD, or dyslexia have unemployment rates up to 80%. The prevalence of feelings of distress increased from 25 to 31% from 2009 to 2021 alone. And believe it or not, the concept of neurodiversity has changed the world by providing us with a new viewpoint on humanity. Author Steve Silberman says that neurodiversity is the future of progress and innovation. Back to you. So that is amazing. I'm not at all shocked. I'm I'm embarrassed um, that, you know, the unemployment rate is up to 80 percent for people with uh, con- these conditions. We've got to do better, folks that are listening. Um, additionally, not only we've got to do better, here are all the candidates that you're going, nobody will apply to my job. There they are. There they are. Let's go after them. Let's, you know, work together with with our community and our community pr- uh, providers, especially like a you know, a workforce center down here in Florida is called Career Source to say, hey, I want to hire people with, uh, you know, differences, as Lauren puts it. And I and my management team are set up to accept that and teach them how to do the job and accommodate and be just an amazing employer. So that's my little my little, you know, spiel there about, you know, making sure th- starting right here with it for uh, hiring and retaining anybody with a disability, whether it's official or not, is going to help you start creating inclusive work environments. So get your EAP involved, like I mentioned before, get HR involved, train your managers, get experts like Lauren involved, including your uh, buying your book. Tell us about your book a little bit, Lauren, and where people Mm. can get it. So it's in all available bookstores and up on Amazon. It's called The Other Side of Bipolar. And it's a beautiful mashup of a memoir slash self-help book. So I always get to say people get to walk with me through me discovering my difference and how that was a diagnosable offense when I was younger. And I actually turned it into a strength that I've utilized in my work career from here on out. I am an emotional divergent. I feel differently. And that has played to my strengths as a speech therapist, my ability to work with nonverbal patients, end of life, and my ability to really deeply connect with people in coaching and consulting. Uh, That is a strength that I have, but it was something that actually threw me down the rabbit hole when I was later because I didn't know how to use it. Uh, People who have the neurodivergence, they are the innovators, like JC said. I love that word. They think outside the box. They're going to see what no one else does and a way to do it that no one else would. But again, it's a combination of the individual knowing how to work with their strengths working one-to-one to kind of cultivate that. But also the company needs to make space and be able to know how to draw that out of them as well. Thank you for that. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode four of our five-part series. In our next and final episode, we're going to cover promoting mental wealth for business success, if you didn't get the picture already. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast. Brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.